Welcome to Ismini's a podcast. I am one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who kisses his pickle. Josh Hemo. I'm really disturbed that A, you made that public knowledge, and B, that you have that you know that I do that. Hey, if you just didn't do it every single time we recorded, I probably wouldn't know about it. It's it's a habit. I'm not saying it's a good habit, but I'm working on it. I'm just surprised at the flexibility. Oh, me too, honestly. <laughs> Well, if you're tuning in to this podcast, it's our podcast where we talk about SpongeBob and we watch SpongeBob episode by episode and we discuss nice little life lessons that we can learn and just reminisce about the good old days. So uh, this week we're watching season three, episode five, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy four and doing time. Act one, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy four, four, four. Ba, 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 Do you like the echo effect I put on my I voice? I did. I really like that. Good right, job. Thank you. Thank you. That was not post-production. That was all me, baby. That's why they pay you the big bucks, right? Yep. <laughs> all the all the zero dollars, I guess. <laughs> all right. So in this act, Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy are visiting the Krusty Krab, you know, to grab a bite and to stay strong for fighting crime. And an overexcited SpongeBob runs to basically get their autograph. And SpongeBob's definitely met them before because Mermaid Man kind of freaks out and he's like, oh, it's the yellow kid. And... Instead of finishing their meal and just enjoying it, they decide to run away before SpongeBob can catch them. And when they run away, Mermaid Man leaves his belt, causing SpongeBob to like, oh, I'm going to return it to you, but not before he gets a chance to play with it. And he ends up shrinking basically everyone in Bikini Bottom. So to start things off, uh, Josh, I would like Mm -hmm. to ask you, what is your favorite thing that SpongeBob decides to shrink? You know I was a little disturbed at first by it when he makes the tiny uh, little restaurant for cockroaches, mm-hmm. but you know, kind of like it's kind of cute actually. I really like the idea that he made like a little tiny restaurant for roaches. I mean, it's a whole other thing <laughs> that we talked about last week about having roaches in your <laughs> restaurant. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was my favorite thing. Otherwise, like everything else, I thought SpongeBob in this entire episode is like a force of chaos oh a thousand percent like crazy more than i like we've seen him recently so what was your favorite thing that he shrunk i would agree with you i i like the little restaurant for roaches just the fact that there's like a mini crusty crab for roaches like again in real life that would be disgusting but in an animated form i was like this is this isn't bad yeah that roach like like looked like he really was really enjoying his uh his crabby patty so and honestly, it's a, a great frame. Like you see that on TikTok all the time where yeah. like people paint that frame and like that drawing is again, it's iconic from the series. Shout out to TikTok. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> um, one thing I was really impressed about was Mermaid Man's bra purse. Yeah. I actually Googled to see if they make bras like that that are like purses. Like a little coin purse. Don't. Yeah, oh. they make like a like a sports bras you can put like your ids in mm-hmm. sometimes for like concerts and i do know they make like a bra that has like wine in it but i i don't see any like bras that like detach at the nipple and like become coin purses do you think that'd be more of like a a bikini situation like a, a swimsuit would be a better suit for that than a bra uh, yeah i mean i guess it makes more sense like you want to bring less people that's one thing that i've never really understood about beaches 
like you have valuables, especially nowadays when you have like a cell phone. Like if you really want to swim, you got to leave them somewhere. Yeah. And not everyone can swim all at once or you're waiting for someone to steal your stuff. And some people like bury their stuff in the sand. And I don't know. It just for me, it's just like the whole rigmarole kind of, kind of thing. And I can't even imagine for like, like, yeah, you like that word? Oh, that's um, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even imagine for like, you know, someone who wears a bikini, like at least swim trunks sometimes have pockets. Yeah. And like nowadays phones are like, more water resistant slash waterproof but i think a bikini would be better um the one that i did see was like meant for like concerts and concert events but it didn't seem like you could hold a lot in there it literally looked like oh i have like my debit card that's their like women wear like they always get the then end of the stick when it comes to like storing stuff in pockets or anything yeah and then i do know a lot of women who just store things in their bra in general yeah and I don't know if they make bras that have that, but it still seems like a not not a convenient place to have things. It's like a good patent to get going. Mermaid Man inspired uh, purse bra. Yeah, I, I would. I like that. I guess uh, the hardest part would be like finding a low profile so it doesn't look like it's a purse bra and yeah. you can unhook it. Well, that was, that was like a really smooth transition where you just like pulled it off and opened it up. I was like, all right, nice. That's like actually pretty cool, right? Yeah. I think that uh, there's a couple cases of Mermaid Man being like very uh, ingenuitive when it comes to like his clothing yeah. and stuff. Like later on, and when he doesn't have the belt, and notice that he has like clothespins holding up his uh, his pants. <laughs> yeah, when he's shrunk, he's all about function. Yeah, yeah, he's a smart. He's a smart old dude. Uh, but it brought up the question: like, what has been the craziest thing you've ever used as a belt when you haven't had one? If you've I ever run into that situation. I've always been one of those weenies. Like I had lots of friends in high school. Like they didn't bring a belt or something, and they would use a shoelace or like Ooh, a, a shoelace. I've never heard that. Yeah, shoelace okay. or like a hoodie string or like just random stuff. Or especially like kids in theater, they use like tie line. Like if they forgot like a belt. Mm-hmm. But like I was very much like, well, I guess I don't have a belt. <laughs> And I never bought clothes that really needed it. And then now as an adult, I find myself using belts a lot more because I'm yeah. too lazy to buy clothes that fit me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I don't know. I've never really caved and used like a belt that isn't a, a belt. A belt. And it's not because I don't want to. It's just because I've never really had to or I just deal with it. That's fair. You got that self-confidence if your pants fall. Right? Yeah. I mean, I've never been one of those people <laughs> who are like afraid of my underwear showing. Yeah. I, I am a little bit like I'm more the opposite where it's like my shirt when I lift my arms up and oh. like you get like your little pudge. I just don't think other people want to see that. Like I'm not worried about it. I just don't want other people looking. That's fair. That's really feeling disgusted. At really nice of you. You consider people's feelings about your pudge. <laughs> I think I've, I've used like a, a safety cable like for a light before. I think that's like the craziest thing I've used. And I think a friend of it's mine. because you're a skinny. B- yeah. Well, not like just one safety cable. Oh, it's multiple safety <laughs> it's cables. Multiple. Yeah, I don't think anyone could. Well, I shouldn't say that. I think someone probably could fit with just one. But, <laughs> and I think the other crazy, my friend had used uh, caution tape once, just like wrapped a bunch I... of caution tape, caution tape around his waist. It's a waste of caution tape, right? That's what I was thinking. Also, that's a really good way to block yourself. <laughs> don't, don't don't touch here. It's police police only. That's a good way to think about that. <laughs> I I do want to talk about. Um, discounts at restaurants because I did mention police. Um, do you think Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy deserve a discount? I 
really struggle. I still struggle. I've talked about it before when it comes to Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. Uh, about their role at Bikini Bottom. Like, are mm-hmm. all their adventures real? Like, did it actually happen? And I know that there are evidence to say because their villains and stuff pop up. But, like, is it more of, like, a... I don't know, like a, a stunt kind of situation? Or is it actually, like, is the Dirty Bubble going to destroy Bikini Bottom? I like you know? to think that it was one of those situations where... I like I think of it like the Wild West, like back in the day when it first started, and I think playing in our whole playing into the whole radiation theme that we see a lot is like I imagine that when Bikini Bottom first started, it wasn't a quaint, nice town or whatever with like organized, like, like you know, normal crime where yeah. it's like oh someone's stealing things or whatever that police would be around for, but like more like crazy batman crime where it's like i'm holding the whole town hostage and if that's the case i definitely think that they deserve a discount if nothing they deserve like a senior discount of some sorts right yeah and that's that's one thing that got me like on a tangent is like do you think because i've i i being the one that have exploited my father's military service to get discounts because i had a military id i like do I think we deserve any of those discounts? Definitely not. But will I use them and exploit them? Yeah. I think everyone's going to be. Businesses uh, should have that. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a. I think it's a good way because, like, in the grand scheme of things, like when you look back at it, I can't. I don't think I saved really all that much money from using like my student ID to get into a mm-hmm. movie. Maybe I saved like two bucks. Um, but what it does do, it brings me to that movie theater cause I'm going to get a discount, right? I'm yeah. spending my money there. It might be less than what I've been spending somewhere else, but that's the reason I'm going there. Also, I find it's very smart for business owners to basically pander to have firemen and police officers. Cause I know some businesses, they let them eat for free or like heavily discounted because like if your business is catching on fire, you want them to come quickly. Yeah. And like they should do that on their own, but it you'd be lying about anybody when it's like, oh, well, my friend needs help, but and they've always been helpful to me, so I'm going to be extra helpful for them. There's like, always you know? a bias. There's going to be bias for sure. Yeah. yeah. Like we're human beings. Everyone has bias, but yeah. like, I don't know. I don't think they're super necessary for people, but I do see the the benefit of a business having... You know, like firemen eat for free or every Sunday, whatever, senior discount, you know? Yeah. And like, I think like uh, law enforcement and military and firemen, like that makes sense. Same thing like student and senior discount, like those make sense to me. But like crazier other discounts, I I don't see that really working, right? I don't know what a, a good example would be, but especially like student discount makes sense to me um, because students don't have a lot of money. Like they're yeah. not really working. So like, but you want to get them in your business. That's how you're going to do it. So mm-hmm. I definitely would. You, I still use student discounts. I just pull out my cat card and I'm I, like, yeah, I'm a student. My cat card has an, uh, a date on the back. It was like one of the last ones to get dates. So, Oh, I, I don't think do mine anymore. does. Mine's no. like one of the classic ones. Yeah. Um, so before we get into like the nitty gritty of the Mer- of Mermaid Man's belt, I do want to bring up this is the first time we see the invisible boat mobile and what it actually looks like. Yeah. And it's a freaking Cadillac. Yeah. It's a 1959 <laughs> Cadillac. It's a pretty sweet little ride though. And it's like, pink. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the thing that immediately like struck me is so 
Barnacle Boy jumps and misses his seat. And he says, we should have gotten the automatic. So that means that stick shift went straight up Barnacle Boy's butt. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many times that's happened to him, though. Yeah, I mean, it just, like, flew right up in there. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure it's happened a lot. Um, Poor guy. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, if if it's loose, it's loose. Hey. You know? <laughs> so let's talk about this belt. I'm okay. super confused on the capabilities of this belt. Well, and I and it brings up like this bigger point for me uh, about utility belts. Like you mm-hmm. have to train yourself to understand how to use it very well because like there's a lot of pockets, there's a lot of like crazy things, and especially with a mermaid man's belt, like there were buttons all over that thing. I would have had no idea how to look. It was basically like a loose motherboard. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right. And some of the things it was capable of are crazy. Like, everything that happened to Squidward was one of the most violent things I've ever seen happen to a character on Spongebob yet. Yeah, like, eyes, eyes and snakes. Uh, you set him on fire. Uh, they made his nose giant, but like a bulb beach. Like, yeah. I, I feel like, like something a tumor. was inside his nose. Yeah. Uh, took a while. Uh, this one was the scariest one. Took away his skin. He skinned him. Yeah. <laughs> and then cut him in half with scissors, which also was kind of scary, but like, no skin. Poor and we don't and there's like stuff that happens off screen that we don't even hear. Like we just hear like the noises of what's going on, and it's like all these things. are kind of crazy to me to have like at your disposal on a utility belt, right? In what circumstance mm. do you need to give someone a bunch of eyes with snakes, right? Well, one thing I was that I just thought of that's inappropriate. Do you think, um, the utility belt could perform a circumcision since it takes off skin? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So maybe that's like a side hustle. <laughs> Mermaid Man's Jewish. He goes around and he's like a rabbi. <laughs> or he just goes to hospitals. He's like, don't worry, bring the baby here. I got, I got this. I got good aim. <laughs> watch me walk, Watch me circumcise this kid. Easy. <laughs> Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I guess then it opens up like, do fish need to get circumcised? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> we're we're already we're already digging pretty far. Um, one thing that I, a couple things I learned from the very beginning of this episode is eating consistently is good for your health. Mm-hmm. Uh, Murray Man says something along those lines, and then also always make room for seconds, which I think is a, a, a double edged sword. I feel like you should eat to enjoy yourself, but like don't go too crazy. And then the biggest one that I learned was snitches get shrunk. Ooh. So, yeah, because like SpongeBob was like, I can't have you telling anyone, and then just immediately shrunk Squidward. <laughs> and then he lied, straight up lied to Patrick, and he was just like, I accidentally sh- uh, shrunk Squidward. Shrunk, yeah. A lesson I got is that, um, matter like how desperate your situation, everyone finds love. And that came from Patrick, actually. <laughs> when he's like, Squidward, when he saw the action figure size yeah. Squidward, he's like, oh, He'll find love. Maybe this pickle he pulls out. <laughs> um, I also like to think, well, before we leave Patrick, let's talk about his classic uh, wombology lesson that he has imparted on a generation. You know, I have no idea what Wumbo even was until this, this episode. Yeah, same, right? Yeah, and like, it just sounds, it's such a great word because it does sound like Jumbo. And it just sounds like it would be the opposite of mini. And I was like, oh, it's Wumbo. We got to get it, make it Wumbo. 
and even like Mermaid Man's like, did you set it to Wombo? To Wombo, yeah. That's a that when Mermaid Man said that, it kind of solidified for me that maybe it's an actual thing, right? Maybe somewhere Wombo actually exists. Yeah, but I Wombo, you Wombo, he, <laughs> we Wombo. <laughs> uh, I just love that. Um, but I also think that this belt is the reason because remember we were talking about it's weird how mermaid man and barnacle boy are the same size as like a squirrel yeah i think that's what happened i think they accidentally shrunk themselves to squirrel size and then they moved to bikini bottom maybe they don't know how to use the belt either oh it doesn't seem like they do no so it could be just possible that that's definitely correct like they got shrunk maybe somewhere on this adventure that they've been like superheroes and Mm -hmm. then decided to retire at bikini bottom that's completely possible yeah, I like to like to think that. And like I don't know where this fits in the timeline of things, but the whole city being small at the end and like Plankton coming back, it just seems wonderful. And I like to think that uh maybe Plankton had a little bit of fun with that. I was going to ask you what you thought he did. What do you think it was his first move when he saw that? Oh, we've definitely seen him like crush stuff yeah. before. So I he's, I'm assuming he's had that he dreams had... about that. That exact situation where he's <laughs> yeah. like large and smashing things. And he's like zap and he's like destroying things. Yeah. So I would like to think that maybe they figured it out eventually how to get things back to normal size. Or maybe even Plankton got tired of it and helped everybody out. Ready for the bubble break? Always ready for the bubble break. Cool, cool, cool. So I figured we'd stick with uh this whole Wumbo mini situation. And I was wondering if you had the power of this belt to shrink and possibly, we don't know, but like grow things, what would be your go-to objects? Like what would you do to either cause destruction or help humanity? Hmm. I don't feel like there's a lot of merit in shrinking things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess I'm. what I'd like to know and I've never really understood the mechanics of shrinking stuff. Like we've talked about like how teleportation has its own like mechanics and stuff, but with mm-hmm. shrinking, I'm assuming things get lighter, right? They must, they have to get lighter. They don't retain the yeah. same weight. Or is right? it like Ant-Man where it's like more dense, or more whatever. dense, right? That's, that's what I'm wondering. Like what science are we holding to here? Cause if it's shrinking things, like I think we could save a lot of like, I think a lot of like right now, especially concerned with like environmental stuff, Mm-hmm. on shipping and getting things places instead of like wasting so much energy on just getting basic goods across the country it'd be a lot easier to just shrink a bunch of stuff and send one big shipment somewhere right oh yeah well that was one uh, that's actually isn't there a matt damon movie that's like that is there yeah there's like it's downsizing that's what it's called oh i never saw really? that yeah i think i've never saw it but like i think the plot is basically like they're shrinking people so that way they could help climate change okay and a lot of people didn't like the movie because it was literally about climate change, even though like in the in the theater, they were like, this helps the planet like they were even talking about in the trailer. But I do think one thing I would do, like if I could shrink in my daily life, I would probably shrink myself to eat food and then unshrink myself. Do you, you know what I'm saying? If do you think I, if you retain the, ability, the same uh, like fullness, like you'd be like satisfied with that meal you had? I would hope so, because then I can make like, I guess when I get bigger, the food gets bigger, too. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. You know, um, let's see. I feel like I would spend a lot of my time shrinking things like in I would definitely this would be like my my go to. I would go to the container store and buy a lot of like organizers and like plastic <laughs> containers and stuff like that. And then I would 
start to shrink things based on like necessity. Okay. Like so all my hard drives, I would shrink those down and be like, this is my hard drive case. And then like like my stuff in my pantry, I'd probably shrink it down so that way it's like smaller than it is. Like that way I just have more room. Like kind of like a space bag. Yeah. You know I guess that's work. a really good way to look at it, especially with like living in New York where you're limited space already, right? Yeah. That it's probably not a bad idea to have something that can shrink down like all my winter like it's just sitting around like in boxes like I'm not gonna yeah. wear it for a while if I shrink that down I got all this closet space now so you can get space bags see that works for that that's true but I'm thinking like a Dragon Ball Z capsule corp situation oh uh, okay you know you shrink yeah. down like all, everything in these tiny little capsules they have it like the best you know would you shrink like an entire city like have an entire like civilization at your hands basically also like Rick and Morty yeah inside, like <laughs> I don't think I could because then I'd feel I'd feel weird about it. Like I'd feel like am I like a Sim City situation? Am I a god <laughs> now? Like I don't know. And I don't think I'd want to live in that city, like that tiny city. Yeah. Because you still have all the problems of a full size city. It's just now you added another one where you're like small. And it it could be like a men in black situation where like you're on this little marble. And you're just in someone else's marble bag, like they have at the end of Men in Black, <laughs> Men in Black One. One. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Like, that would really freak me out. Like, being responsible for a, a city. Well, what was it? Was in a city, and like, how people have like ant farms and stuff. Could you do like a situation where you had like a small ecosystem? Yeah, I think I'd be okay with that. Yeah. Like little animals and stuff like that. Yeah, like when people have like terrariums and stuff. Uh, yeah. with animals like but you have like a whole forest basically with animals like growing yeah. in here yeah i'd be more okay with that only because like i'm not like a super duper vegan like PETA kind of person where it's like these animals have uh like the an these animals these animals are sentient but they're not like living beings that will know the difference of like oh, okay i added another tree here or there yeah. But they're not going to have that kind of like sentience, I guess. Well, I, wonder, I don't know. What about you? I kind of like that idea a lot. But I also think that that also would be cool for like endangered species and stuff. You basically mm -hmm. put them in their own little ecosystem and that'd be yeah. kind of fun. Uh, and you can like, you get more of them, you keep them safe for like a little bit and then yeah. kind of like sea monkeys. Yeah. Or like Pokemon. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, I think it's really weird that, like, I can't think of having an ant farm and thinking that's fun. Right. But having, yeah. like, a little small, like, like, oh, this is, like, my forest, and there's, like, a bear family that I watch, and there's this other one, and they just kind of, you know, they hash it out, the deer. It's like having grass, an aquarium. You, know? you have this, like, whole little ecosystem that you're, like, watching over, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like bringing nature to your house. I like that. I think that would be fun. Yeah. I I would I would put things all mini like that. And then you have like a little I don't know. It'd be all the fun of having a zoo like zoo tycoon but like in real life. In your house. Yeah. It's perfect. But the thing is like I don't think I can I think think of anything to wumbo. Like maybe food supplies. Like I think wumboing food would make it like easier to solve. Yeah, solve world hunger a lot easier, I guess. But 
I think just making things too big would be a disaster. I think I've seen too many monster movies where they've just made like giant bugs <laughs> and it just destroyed everything. So, well, I definitely make one thing bigger if you know what I'm saying. Hey, my bed. Act two, doing time. So we're joining another crazy session of SpongeBob and Mrs. Puff at her driving school. And of course, it's going just as well as you expect. Uh, SpongeBob's destroying everything in sight. Um, he even drives out of the school and gets chased by police. And we kind of get stuck in this kind of like loop situation where it either where Mrs. Puff thinks that she gets taken to jail and then she wakes up from that dream and then SpongeBob's being taken to jail and she wakes up from the dream again and it's a whole nother thing. So it's this like a bunch of shenanigans of Mrs. Puff dealing with yet again SpongeBob being an awful, awful driver. I'm glad you really mentioned the ending because that's something I definitely wanted to talk about is what do you think actually happened? I, is this like a psychosis that she's going through? Yeah. Is this exactly what's happening? Do you think that or? she finally broke? This is just like her like going crazy. Like instead of like maybe maybe they actually did die. And instead of like reliving <laughs> her entire life, she reli she like lived through every possible situation. She's that like in been. a purgatory. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Oh, that makes this episode a lot darker. Right. But I was just like, I was a little disappointed because like looking back on it now as an adult, I'm like, did he, I think what happened is like the writers had no idea what was going to happen. Does she break out of uh, jail? Does she not break out of jail? And then like after they did all the gags they wanted to do like about being in prison, they were like, how do we end this? Yeah. Oh, I know. She <laughs> just loops and falls and loops and falls and loops and falls. It's like they invented Inception, basically. The idea for Inception. Oh, yeah, she's just going layers and layers yeah. deeper until she wakes up. <laughs> until <and> she's trapped. <laughs> turns out she's been on a plane to Dubai the whole time or something. She's have a constant. Maybe SpongeBob's her constant. <laughs> That's her or totem that, or whatever. Or yeah, her cherry, the cherry juice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, speaking of the cherry juice, like one of my favorite moments from this episode, and there's a lot of good moments in this episode, but when uh, they do crash the first time into that cherry juice truck and it explodes into like the... Uh, old folks home uh yeah. there's that guy who's like all right i finally finished my memoir all written in red ink <laughs> and the cherry juice comes in and floods it i was like oh that poor guy that poor poor soul that's actually one small lesson i put is back up your memoir yeah always have copies <laughs> right you copy that stuff and you even copy half of it or whatever and who writes in red ink yeah is crazy. who uses red ink in general like other than teachers yeah, only to mark things wrong. That's yeah. all you need red ink for. Um, another great moment is where he's like, "Hey, what have you got against the melons?" Yeah, <laughs> which reminds me a lot of like the cabbage vendor. Of, oh, in Avatar: Avatar Last Airbender, yeah. where he's like, "Pie cabbages." Pie cabbages. <laughs> and it makes me wonder if that's where, if it's like an homage to that. Oh, maybe. Do you think that? So you think the cabbages thing? Would be an homage. Is, they might have stole. Yeah, they might have stolen it from. Is they it, probably liked that joke and then redid it. It's the same and, network. I wouldn't. Yeah. Would it put them past them? Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about Donna, the okay. character with like the deep voice, blonde hair. Is that character supposed to be transgender? I think so. 
I would like to think so. Which is actually very forward thinking because it's a women's prison, right? Yeah. And they have Donna, which is, you know, a transgender woman. So shout out to SpongeBob for, uh, like, I don't want to assume, but I'm, I'm pretty sure at that time period, I was like, well, it's like, that's very you know, trans, trans women are women, which is a hard thing for people to swallow. But like, you know, yeah, I was shout out for them. Like they didn't, she didn't say anything negative about Donna or do anything. She was just like, oh, Donna. Yeah. What are you doing? There's all very accepting. Here's some chili. Yeah. <laughs> which is good. And that's like a whole thing too. I was surprised how quickly Mrs. Puff like acclimated to the prison system. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that she was definitely using to get away from SpongeBob, but she seemed to really enjoy herself. Like she was breaking rocks, she was serving chili, she was like having a good time. I think she made friends. Yeah. She made a lot of friends, and I think this might actually be a shout out to the Bikini Bottom prison system. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know how the prison system runs at Bikini Bottom, but like, yeah, they're doing like meaningless labor, but it seemed like she was actually having a good time and being taken care of like even the guards are like oh you're been out in the sun too long yeah it's like whatever like it wasn't until the end where they put her in solitary confinement where it was like maybe this isn't the best place but like they just handed her off different jobs and stuff like that and and to be fair she did rip their face off so like they could have done a lot worse with her (laughs) yeah exactly but like i do like the prison activities they had where it's like uh, breaking rocks, license plates, working out, and then making hangers. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, this is just raw material, and they just make them into hangers. Man. It's nuts. But one thing that makes me think that the prison system is actually very solid in Bikini Bottom is she says, there's no uranium in the water supply. Yeah. She's like, crystal clear, and she drinks it. Yeah. Which I think is crazy because it, that implies that there's uranium in other parts of Bikini Bottom. Which then plays in the water in supply. to the whole nuclear waste situation. I mm-hmm. think that's even more evidence. I mean, and we even at the beginning of the episode when he's basically destroying the boating school, we get a whole nother nuclear explosion that goes off. Yeah. So I'm like, where did this even come from? Is there nukes inside Mrs. Puff's boating school? Yeah. So it makes me think like maybe the like the prison system that actually takes care of people there you know yeah and the guards seem really nice like for who they were like i mentioned that i mean i think it's kind of funny that the guards seem really nice but the first thing that we see the cops doing in this episode are like you take this little take of them like beating something and you don't know what it is but they're like here take that take that take that this will set you straight and it's actually just a pole that they're straightening out so it makes me wonder what other people are in there for yeah you know? Like, what What do you think other... What did Donna do? Yeah, what did Donna do at all these other people? Is it, like, do you think it's just people who are, uh, might have recklessly driven and crashed into a Cherokee's <laughs> truck? Like, is it all, like, crimes like that? Or do you think there's actually murder that people went to? That's a good question. I don't really know. I don't... I mean, we don't really see crime in bikini bottom that often right i mean it's not really something that's really touched on that much um but maybe i think maybe it's mostly like traffic violations it seems like the cops in bikini bottom are real big about traffic stuff yeah like the the what's it called the traffic the meters the traffic meters yeah the parking the oh yeah like the parking meters yeah and that stuff um 
And then where he's like, oh, he had no front license plate. Not that he crashed. He was like, oh, that car has no, no front license plate. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do like the flashback to when Mrs. Puff opened her boating school where she's like, as long as the student is willing to learn, I shall never give up. And then the next thing is, hi, I'm SpongeBob. Right. So that, so that brings to me to a point that I kind of want to talk about. I mean, when you talk about that, SpongeBob's like a god in this whole situation, mm-hmm. right? In this world. Um, but to what extent is he a good god? Is he more like a god like Loki? Do you think like he's like more of a trickster kind of situation? Because I feel like the ambitions of like Mrs. Puff and even Squidward to some degree are bro- like pretty pure. Like they're pretty like good intentions most of the time. And I feel like it's SpongeBob who comes in and kind of like derails them a lot. Yeah, I'd like I wouldn't say like Loki is like, oh, I'm plotting to get something that I want. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like SpongeBob might just be a true chaotic neutral. Yeah. You know, like very much like Oh, maybe even a chaotic good. Like I mean he's trying to do he's doing his best. I don't know, it's hard to say because he does so many things that just inadvertently screw people over yeah. and i don't know if it's him that's doing it you know yeah or intentionally doing it yeah how ignorant is he to the whole situation but it's kind of an interesting thing and like touching on the whole good like godlike thing i mean this whole episode is him like i mean i guess the rocks were costumes but still like they were able to like shape shift into costumes or for the rocks they were able to break into the prison with the chili <laughs> uh, they were able to like even get into the toilet and stuff like that. Like it's a whole lot of. This is also the second time that SpongeBob has been mistaken for like, literal. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you don't pay me enough for this, and he just flushes the. Toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't know. I think it is. It is very weird SpongeBob's role in in other people's lives. And it's not everyone. It's just like certain people. It's mm-hmm. like he is a force for their, their kind of like misery almost, yeah. you know? He's in the business of misery, you know? Let's take it from the top. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really like that Patrick's along just because he likes chili. Yeah. It's just like, it reminds me of like, I went on a chili. I was like in a huge chili kick, I think in high school, where like I was always constantly craving chili and cornbread. Ooh. I still kind of crave it, but like I'm yeah. always down for like some chili and cornbread. That sounds real good right now, actually. Oh man, I think I'm just <laughs> hungry. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so one lesson I got from this was uh, look at the positives because uh, Mrs. Puff is very into like okay, let's like you can't go insane, and it like implies that Mrs. Puff has been there before, where she's like kind of like lost her her mental health. Yeah, and, I mean, she even says I, that she's like. Uh, that's a road I don't want to go down again, yeah. right? Which which is like a running theme for Mrs. Puff is like I don't want to do like she I don't want to change history. my name again. Yeah. yeah, whatever happened, I want to know. Yeah, it's really nuts. I do like that one of the positive things that she thinks though. She's like no more company potlucks, but she runs her own company. Yeah, and she's the <laughs> only employee that we've seen. So it makes me wonder like. Like, are you just having potlucks by yourself? Oh, Why are you sad. sad this? <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, no more company potlucks. And I'm like, what company are you working for that is having you bring food? And like, this is you. This is all you. It's Mrs. Puff's boating school, not you. Like, she isn't like making lunch for herself. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> She's like, I'm tired of having to cook for myself and 
care for myself. Yeah. <laughs> I have another lesson is like always have that friend who's kind of like that voice of reason. And we we talked about last season that Patrick was kind of like a jerk kind of friend, but he is kind of like he's coming through a little bit this season. And like this episode specifically when SpongeBob's explaining the situation to him, he's like, you know, it kind of sounds like it's your fault. I'm like, yeah. that's good. That's a good friend to have. They like, gotta kind of have to lay down that truth sometimes. I also had that as a small lesson: is to uh, have your friends tell you how it is. Yeah, you know, it's it's good to have friends like that. Yeah, I'm glad that we're seeing this kind of like a little bit of redemption arc for Patrick a bit. Yeah, I so, think they're ironing out his character characteristics better a little bit. Yeah, or maybe whatever event that the other whatever timeline the other episodes took place in, like where did they go? Hasn't made him bitter yet. Yeah. <laughs> I think my favorite thing I can't get away from this episode or can't leave this episode before mentioning it is uh, when uh, SpongeBob was like, Oh, don't you want to have life outside of prison? And they start, they show that fish like going through everyday life, like <laughs> yeah. stuck in traffic, his nine to five and just like staring out the window at home. I was like, wow. This- Which like, <laughs> A sad, like, is sad because it captures so many people's actual. It's a reality. Lives. Yeah, you know, wake up, go to work, get home from work, eat, <laughs> like, do it all again. It's like the real prison, for... right? The real prison. That is what the this episode, this act is. <laughs> the real prison is real life. <laughs> that's why. That's why they had that weird uh, ending is to let you know that the real prison is reality. The reality, yeah. The reality that we live every single day. Let's also talk about Patrick pulling off his mole, I guess you would call it. I don't really, what was it, like a speck? What was that? I don't know. It was part of his body, but he just put it on his nose. And it was the most random situation of like, what is going on? That he like decided to pull things off and like stick it on his face. We've been playing D&D a couple times now. And so like we're like talking about characters, needs and flaws and stuff. I think definitely think Patrick's one is wanting a nose. I feel like he's always striving and whatever, like he gets like an object. He always puts it on his face as a nose. Like yeah. that's the one thing. If Patrick can have anything, it would be that. I could see that. Maybe when you start paying attention to Patrick's interaction with like Squidward, because Squidward is so known for having a, a big nose. nose. Yeah. So like, how does their dynamic play out between like, oh, him having a nose and not having a nose and, Maybe he secretly wants Squidward's nose he's got or that, like something like that. He's got that big nose envy. <laughs> big nose envy. <laughs> How do you feel about that one guy who's just like mopping and he just lets that. I, like, I like the little like surf and summer song he's listening yeah. to, but he's like so like whatever about everything I mean, going on have you how many times have you gone to that point like i've gone to that point multiple times where i'm just like what else could possibly happen to my life right now and just like it happens you're like well i just gotta truck through this right i'm gonna keep, keep going yeah keep going. yeah <laughs> i mean he's a good example of like being trapped in prison i'm sure it's no fun to be a janitor at a like an old folks home right a retirement home so he's just trying to is like i have to do my best i just gotta live my life I guess, like, you know, in the power of music like that, you just got to, you got it, you know? Yeah, such an uplifting got, song, too. <laughs> sometimes you just need your jams and just to keep doing it. That's a, that's a lesson for you right there is, like, stuff gets hard and repetitive. You just listen to music, and maybe that's what will get you through, you know? Have a good uplifting playlist. Another one of the great moments of this episode is the uh, bank heist that bank robbery that SpongeBob and Patrick tried to pull off. Oh yeah. 
I love it so much. It's just like they have these socks on their head that they can't even see. And he's sitting there screaming at the teller. But the teller is like taking it like a champion. He's just like, sir, you're not looking at me. Turn around. <laughs> and that's like one thing I've always wondered, like in an emergency situation, if you just treat it like. Like, I don't know, like I've read uh, I've read where it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen someone who like was going to get mugged. But when the guy was like, give me all your money, he was like, no. And he just kept walking. <laughs> <laughs> and like it worked because like a lot of times it's like you're calling someone's bluff you yeah know, like oh you're not gonna do this because what you want is my money and i'm not gonna give it to you and i know you're not gonna shoot me because like whatever and like i like that kind of um defense mechanism i guess you could say because i've also read like somewhere else that like one way to disrupt aggressive thinking is to confuse people mm-hmm. and like uh i think i read somewhere that like like a tactic like so if you're about to get in a fight and you can say something like random like oh my garden wall is 40 feet high oh and we've we've talked about that before we yeah. just like yell something crazy and diffuse the situation right yeah yeah and like sometimes i think i think of the times like when i was in like high school or like working a cash register they were like people were like give me your money and i was just like i can't like i can't open the register yeah like what would you do like you'd just be like sorry man or like if someone like on the street was like, "Give me your wallet," and I'd be like, "No," and I just kept going. Like, what would you like? What are they gonna do, right? Like, like they stab you, they shoot you, or whatever. They were planning on doing that anyways. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably why the teller in this situation was like not threatened at all. SpongeBob had no weapon, and it was clearly just this idiot with a sock on his head. Yeah. And but it, like again, like what what kind of crime has Bikini Bottom had that like they're so desensitized to it? Mean? Or like at least ignorant to it, you know? Maybe that does really touch back to like the Mermaid Man and Barnacle thing. Maybe those like crazy supervillains are a real thing. So this like little Small, tiny. Small petty crime. Yeah, they're like, like whatever. whatever. It doesn't matter. We're too, ra- yeah. too worried about the uranium in our water right now. Big old lesson time, Josh. Big old Wumbo lesson. Oh. oh Wumbo lesson. Should we start calling them that? The Wumbo lesson? I think maybe we could start that. I like that. Time for our Wumbo lesson. You're hearing it here first. Episode whatever number is season three, episode five. Yeah. We'll try it out on the next one. We'll see how we feel about it. Yeah. The Wumbo lesson. It's time for our Wumbo. I don't know. We'll big, mix old, it up. big old lesson sounds good. Wumbo lesson. We'll, 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 we'll mix it up every once in a while. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. I, li- I like that. Yeah. So uh, what'd you get for your Wumbo lesson? this? So my Wumbo lesson this week is it's never too late to admit that you're wrong. Um, oh, nice. Act one. We have... Uh, spongebob i think is a big culprit of being afraid to admit that he had done something wrong by taking the belt and by doing so he ends up shrinking the entire town and all he could all he had to do is just ask mermaid ban or i think he could even ask sandy anyone literally any smart person sandy plankton yeah i don't know mr krabs someone right admit that he had done something wrong and instead he made this issue big situation out of it and end up shrinking the entire town you know mm-hmm. and who knows what consequences came from that um and then doing time i think the whole we talked about mrs puff having that like oath but maybe it's time just to admit that there's some students beyond helping right that you're mm-hmm. wrong and this oath isn't good anymore that you can't have to turn you have to turn spongebob away at some point in time right yeah or hire another teacher that can maybe Maybe Teach him better. Spongebob has some like uh, learning disabilities. Yeah, maybe. He, to work on. he definitely, he has, definitely some has anxiety. anxiety. Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, but so. yeah. So that's what I got this week. How about you? 
this was a very hard episode. Mm-hmm. But what I settled on is something a little non-conventional. I put memory is fleeting and flawed. Ooh, okay. I like that. Uh, and I think it's I like it cuz it applies to a lot of a lot of us cuz there's a lot of things that we forget and like a lot of things that we I think people get a lot of flack for taking pictures of things, especially nowadays with like cell phones like you take a picture of your food, you yeah. take a picture or whatever. But like memory is so it, it it is flawed in the sense that like no one will remember the same event the same way. Yeah. And then as you get older, it's gonna slowly and slowly drift away unless you're like you don't get Alzheimer's, which Alzheimer's like completely different thing. But like even then, it's not like you're gonna remember every detail of everything ever. Yeah. There. Yeah. Like I love going to concerts, but like I'm not gonna remember the entire set list. Like I like applaud anyone who can like remember all that. But I've been to concerts that I love and I love, and I don't really remember it all the same like way and these are concerts like i'm sober at you know yeah. not like wasted <laughs> like in the front row yeah but the reason I, I think it applies to the episode is so in the first act it's like very much that mermaid man doesn't have doesn't remember how the belt works at all mm-hmm. he doesn't keep any notes on the belt and then even with the sense of like how spongebob remembers his interactions with other people, like with Squidward when he shrunk him. Yeah. He was like, oh, I shrunk, shrunk him by accident. Oh, he let me, like, he found the bell and he's gonna, like, you know, he's he's fudging the past in order to, like, like To make justify. it seem like, yeah, his actions. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you, you hear that all the time. We like, the, the history is written by the victor, right? So there's no, like, yeah. memory is fleeting in the way that it's dictated by however the person telling the story wants to say, right? Yeah. yeah, and I think it's more prevalent in the second act of this episode, especially with the whole, like, back up your memoir kind of situation. Like, yeah. that man was writing his entire memory, and, like, if he had started earlier, and I think this is why a lot of people, you know, keep diaries and journals, if he had started earlier, like, maybe he would have had some different memories written down, and he wouldn't have to write his memoir from scratch in red ink, Yeah, <laughs> which is a very permanent slash, like, dangerous way to write your memories down and also just the fact that like mrs puff at the very end you don't really know what she's remembering or not remembering or what she's experiencing because she doesn't have a firm grasp on reality yeah you know so i don't know for me when i was really digging for a lesson i was like i like this because it's it's different i didn't think about that yeah I, i it's something that i think about sometimes that's kind of scary where i'm like man, like, I really like that concert. Like, I really like this moment that happened. And I hope I remember it, like, how I should, how I want to. But then, like, time goes on and you don't, like, sometimes I can't even remember what I ate last week, yeah. you know? And, like, it doesn't really matter. Like, those things don't really matter to me. But, like, even the things that do matter, I, you don't really have a firm 100% well, yeah. collection. I mean, and I that comes up sometimes when people are like, oh, do you remember when we met? I was like, oh man, you know, there's a lot of very good friends that I have. I was like, I don't remember the first time we met. Like, yeah. Fatima and I still argue about the first time we met. See, that's a thing. <laughs> and like, this is like, you could argue, like, oh, if we go on to get married, have kids or whatever, and the people are going to be like, oh, how did you meet? And then we're going to have to be like, well, I met you doing this. Oh, no, I met you doing this. Oh, you're wrong. This is how we met you. And I, like, I think it's really, it's really crazy in that sense that like, something we rely so heavily on and like and especially how like i mean our whole podcast is about nostalgia yeah right? 
and us going back and looking at all this like this stuff from memory and like you know how did we experience it and we're re-experiencing it now and it's like gonna shape how i remember oh yeah when i was a kid when i was a kid i used to love the wumbo scene and stuff like that but like we didn't even think about calling our big lesson our wumbo lesson until now yeah yeah you know it's it's very memory is a very scary thing and this uh this episode kind of opened up that that trauma for me Good. You opened up that trauma. I'm not going to be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to this week's episode. If you want to send us anything like suggestions or comments, you know where to reach us. Ismeasapodcast.com. Or you can email us at ismeasapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're trying to get better at posting on Instagram and other places. So be on the lookout for that. Slowly but, but surely. Most, yeah, slowly but surely. But yeah. the most important thing is you need to share our wonderful, wonderful podcast or a horrible, horrible podcast with your friends and your enemies. Because, yeah. you know, your enemies could use some torture and your friends could use some laughs. So, you know. And we're here for both. Can. We could do both. <laughs> um, and then wherever you get your podcasts or you listen to your podcast, write some nice kind words. Rate us really high. You know, Subscribe. Whatever. Yeah. Subscribe. Like, subscribe. Whatever the other fancy buzzwords are. <laughs> so, um... Josh and I have actually been working on, because of this episode, a new, new technology. And Josh, I, I heard you've kindly made a breakthrough on, um, on this new tech. So if you could tell us a little bit about it, and then I want to try it out for everyone. Yeah. You know? So it's very similar. It's kind of like the utility belt from Mermaid Man, mm-hmm. but it's a headband. So you ah. notice... <laughs> that the W is for Wumbo. So I've been trying to make things kind of like grow a little bit. I got kind of yeah. inspired to do the exact opposite, like the opposite of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids kind of situation. Yeah, I figure with a headband, like if I want to make this burger bigger, I just shoot it with my headband. So why don't you give it a try? Uh, all right. Thank you. Okay, yeah. so I'm putting on the headband. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually point at you, Josh, because I like to see like, Maybe like you know a couple more inches like taller, and then maybe we could like you know start playing a basketball or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. That'd be really cool. I could see that. Yeah. All right, ready? I'm ready. Three, two, one. Ah, what have you done? I'm so small. <laughs>